Thank you for joining us on a new episode in the Gaia X podcast series. I am Cristina Pauna, the program manager for the open source community. And today we are having a panel discussion with uh, David Vallejo from Arsis, Oscar Lazaro from ByData, and Jose Barlaca from Technalia. Together, we are going to talk about breaking the silo and how to ensure data flows between ecosystems. I would start first by asking you to say a few words about yourself. So maybe we can start with Joseba. Okay, I'm Joseba Laca. I'm the digital director uh, at Technalia. Uh, Technalia is a research center, private research center uh, operating mainly in Spain and uh, fully committed to GAIAX uh, from the very beginning. I'm very excited to be here talking to you. Thank you. Great to have you here as well. Uh, Oscar? Uh, hello, good morning. Uh, my name is uh, Oscar Lazaro, uh, Managing Director of uh, Indovalia and uh, General Secretariat of ByData. Uh, uh, ByData uh, is uh, an Iberian association that is dealing with uh, the development of uh, data economy in the Iberian uh, territory and uh, obviously uh, GaiaX uh, is one of the technologies and uh, supporting infrastructures uh, that we will build our ecosystem upon and uh, very happy uh, to join everyone today here. Uh, David? Yes, hello. My name is uh, David Vallejo. I'm a telecom engineer. I've been, I've been working on both sides of the internet for more than, than 20 years already and on one hand I was working at major telco in, in Switzerland that is providing access to the internet and on the other hand now at Arsis uh, since uh, 2007 uh, hosting all these services right so I'm leading right now the, the project management office and the innovation areas um, Arsis is a cloud service provider we have been hosting internet services since last uh, century starting with email web and other basic services and now we are currently running cloud nodes in data centers in Europe and, and America. And, and we are also part of the IONOS group headquartered in, in Java. Awesome, thanks. So jumping into the topic, um, at GAIAX, we discuss about data federation and exchanging data within such federation. But we also discuss about interoperability between them. So I would like to talk today with you about the why, what, and how of this interoperability. So first, let's touch on the why. Oscar, why do you think we need the ecosystems to be interoperable? What is the advantage to do it? I think that is a tricky question, but uh, let's see if we can uh, bring some light uh, into, into it. Um, we, we should remember that uh, data is actually uh, something that uh, will support the development of uh, a new form of economy in the years to come. A new form of economy that will impact uh, the way that we deal with uh, territories and the way, the way in which the competitiveness of uh, unsustainability of uh, industry will develop uh, in the future, as well as on the quality of the services that we will provide to, to citizens uh, across uh, EU and uh, globally at the stage. So data is uh, something that will uh, go beyond uh, a single sector or a single area of activity. And uh, if we really want uh, data to drive uh, this type of new forms of uh, services, new form of uh, competitiveness in industry and uh, new ways of uh, ensuring the, the quality of life of uh, European citizens, uh, we need to think broader. We need to think in terms of uh, uh, different uh, sectors uh, collaborating together. 
interoperability is actually key uh, to facilitate that. Without uh, interoperability, uh, we will not be able to uh, uh, achieve any of those uh, visions. Okay, thank you for that. So if I understand you right, it uh, touches on the complexities of the lives we live now and where everything is interconnected. We also need to make sure that there's interoperability and interconnection in the future data ecosystems. It's actually this uh, hyperconnectivity that uh, calls for, uh, for interoperability. Yeah. So I think there are multiple aspects we need to look at besides um, the technical ones, like the real business case and governance or legal frameworks. Josepa, would you be able to tell us a bit about that? Yes, and, and, and continuing with uh, what Oscar was uh, saying about the new data economy and the need for, of, for interoperability for this data economy, uh, uh, I think what I'm going to say is quite obvious, but sometimes we, we forget the, the obvious, very obvious things. This is about business. Uh, this is not for the sake of interoperability or for any kind of a naive idea of interoperability. This is for business. And business means that uh, at the forefront of any kind of initiative like IAX does, like Bydata is doing uh, in, in the Iberian Peninsula, we have to think about business models. And business models is something that um, my background is completely technical, but I'm coming from uh, previous experiences where we have developed, and I'm talking about uh, experiences many years ago, uh, what we call today data spaces that were really fueled by uh, and, and promoted by uh, a clear business case. Uh, the business case also needs to be anchored or needs, needs to be in the context of regulation, because uh, regulation is, is uh, something that we need uh, regulation uh, can be bad, can be good, can be good for some, bad for some others, but regulation is going to be always there. Uh, and that's something that is actually different from industry to industry. So we need to take in account business models, we need to take in account the regulations of the different uh, verticals, and then we need governance. We need a governance that has to be based on trust. Uh, but trust is something that also is built on a very good technology. You need good technology, good ideas, so that trust can be enforced. So it's about business models, it's about regulation, and it's about building trust using the, the, the right technologies. So the legal framework was mentioned earlier, and I believe there is an ever-increasing awareness among the lawmakers and how technology impacts your, our lives. Uh, David, do you think that going forward, data will flow more depending on data sharing agreements and partnership, or will it be more depending on regulatory alignment? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think uh, uh, the business interest must come first, for sure. So. Uh, and actually, we already have agreements and individual partnerships in place to share data and, and, and support business growth. Uh, but the, the challenge is to build uh, common places that facilitate global partnerships among many different key players. Uh, and sometimes these, these players don't share the same interests, right? So on, on the other side, we are also uh, used to, to seeing how regulators come uh, behind or, or even far behind technology and business progress. Um, I would say in Europe, we are, we are lucky. Uh, we, we belong to, to the most advanced uh, area in the planet in terms of uh, regulation and, and respect to privacy and, and data sovereignty and all this stuff. But on the other side, uh, there, there are so many layers, uh, uh, regulatory layers between 
the European level, uh, down to the countries, uh, the, the regions, the cities. And this is kind of a huge bureaucratic stone that we have to deal with, right? So in general, I would say that the challenge here is to, to work faster with regulation, uh, to make sure businesses can, can develop in a trustworthy environment, uh, regardless of where the headquarters, the headquarters are, are located. Right? Good. I do see quite a bit of a over uh, sharing of ideas between the three of you when it comes to business first. And it sounds like you're on the same page on that aspect that you first go through the business partnerships and then kind of the legislation follows to some extent. And you mentioned the technical aspects of it, um, which of course are essential for data interoperability. Um, Oscar, maybe coming back to you, what kind of data you see that is relevant to flow between ecosystems? Because there's definitely some data that should not exit ecosystems, but there's some that should. So I know you're representative for an um, ecosystem yourself. What would the kind of data that needs to be moved between them, uh, in your opinion? I, I think, and uh, maybe here uh, we can connect a little bit with uh, one of the hackathon exercises that uh, we implemented here in, uh, in, in Bilbao. I think uh, the, the issue of uh, sustainability and uh, greening elements of, uh, of industry and society is uh, something that will call for, for data. Uh, to flow uh, between sectors. When, when we talk about uh, energy, when we talk about materials, uh, when we talk about uh, mobility, transport, logistics, um, this type of, uh, of data will influence uh, many, different, uh, many different areas, from uh, uh, the management of, uh, of mobility in uh, territories to organizing how different uh, supply chains uh, can gain uh, resilience. So uh, I would say that these elements that uh, connect with, uh, with energy, with resources, with uh, mobility and transport are uh, uh, great candidates uh, for, for data that will flow uh, across different sectors. Okay, and if we look at the components uh, that are necessary, like software components that are necessary to create interoperability, uh, Josepa, maybe you can give us some insights on, from your point of view. Yeah. Okay. I think my point of view uh, is um, should be quite in line with the point of view of the Gaia X community. I hopefully uh, because we are all part of a community and we are uh, uh, kind of a moving target in terms of uh, what we uh, the prioritization of different components. But in in my opinion, I would say first of all is identity. Identity is a must because uh, without identity, it's impossible to have trust. Uh, you were saying you were talking about ensuring, uh, not enforcing. Uh, but but I think that uh, at the at the back end of all our technologies, we have lawyers, <laughs> and lawyers are really then enforcing people here. So identity is the the the, the very first thing that has to be there uh, and has to create the trust. And then we have a, a different set of uh, um, services to implement, uh, technical services like. Uh, Data exchange, of course, uh, IDSA, uh, the association with IDS technologies, I think it's, it's, it's uh, giving a very good blueprint and start point for data exchange architectures for GAIAX. Then we have everything about data models and meta models and data services models. So uh, catalogs and so on. So we have a whole bunch of 
different technologies that are required for the discovery of data, for the for the publication of data, for the consumption of data. Uh, if we can't find the data, then there is not going to be any data market at all. Traceability and ledgers is another hot topic uh, because uh, without traceability and, and distributed ledgers, uh, it's quite impossible to implement charging principles. Charging principles uh, uh, we almost never talk about charging principles in GAIA-X, or at least not that I'm aware, uh, but uh, charging principles are, uh, for me, the, the, the key element for the companies to understand how to monetize and how to make business out of the data. And if charging principles are clearly implemented uh, on, on distributed ledger uh, technologies or through traceability technologies, and, and, and we have a, a data exchange that implements these uh, charging principles, then money starts to flow and when money starts to flow then we have uh, data spaces that really make impact and, and 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 provide this data economy that we are all looking forward i like your pragmatic view on it and i think you're right um just looking at how long it uh like the time it it took to get where we are i don't think um, the monetization was let's say in the priority list uh but it's starting to become because uh, some of the challenges have been already solved, and now it's time to to move into that. So we discussed about the why and the what. Let's look a bit now on the how. Uh, David, how will users be able to access across all platforms and providers to use data and to share? Yeah, we, we need a lot of uh, work uh, here. And this is one of the challenges about privacy, right? Because um, with with social login, for instance, we we ease users to register or uh, access different services, but uh, Google, Facebook, and all the major players uh, uh, they they are the data keepers, and we don't want that, right? So we have to design um, identity management technologies uh, that will be able to uh, use wallets. Uh, with all user credentials uh, within these wallets in a way that users uh, don't need uh, to bother about uh, which credential they, they use uh, while on the credential uh, uh, and, the, and the data uh, that the service is requesting is shared by, by these wallets. Right? I mean, something like in the physical world, uh, for instance, uh, uh, we need uh, digital systems more secure and automated that are uh, authorizing this access. For instance, um, with social uh, networks, uh, you probably need to uh, authorize access only for people that are older than 80 years old. But um, with these wallets, uh, if we do it in the right way, we are going to provide this access without saying the age exactly. So uh, the access is going to be granted, but the, the service doesn't know the age. Uh, the, the, access, the service only knows that it's okay for this user to have access there. Um, in the same way, for instance, browse webs, applications in our mobile uh, stream service, streaming services, bank accounts, everything that we are going to, we are already used to access, but uh, with current systems, we have to uh, create uh, this identity and access management new systems that are going to evolve in an incredible way in the next few years. Uh, and then we get really a mass adoption and until we get users uh, get used to a totally transparent way of using credentials, right? I think this is a great challenge here.
Okay, I, I agree with you on that one. And um, I think this is an interesting way to look at it. Like you mentioned, you decouple a little bit on what is the technology that knows what, but at the end, the the components trust each other or trust the information they shared with each other that it's accurate. So the let's say the, the server doesn't know the age of, like in your example, the age of the uh, user, but there is a component down that pipeline that knows and ensures that the age is appropriate. So I think that's a yeah. pretty interesting, um, exactly. uh -huh. pretty interesting use case. Uh, before we close, I would like to touch a bit on the challenges and risks ahead. Uh, so, Josepa, do you see any risks or potential negative effects of sharing data between ecosystems? Uh, in principle, I don't see any kind of, uh, let's say, risk or uh, apart from the, 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 the fact that sharing data is sharing value. So, uh, you have to be very careful with uh, who receives your value and what is used for. But a part of that, that is also an obvious thing, I would highlight one of the risks I see, and it's uh, hype. Uh, in technology, we're always moving on this hype cycle, very well described by Garner. Uh, and let me give you uh, uh, an example. Uh, in, in the last weeks uh, in Spain, mainly in Spain, we are uh, taking part in some uh, um, regulatory initiatives uh, taking account the, the, the potential artificial intelligence sandbox uh, or a regulatory sandbox that uh, the, the government wants to create actually is a very good idea because the artificial intelligence act is coming so it would be very helpful to use a sandbox so that we can test and see if if, if a different approaches really make sense and there is no artificial intelligence without data so this is about sharing data of course um, but uh, the idea of the sandbox that uh, is, is good in principle also creates some um, ideas about uh, the, 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 what can be done and, and what shouldn't be done that are not realistic. Uh, because a sandbox, a regulatory sandbox, is what it is. It's a place where you are going to play, you are going to do things that later on, maybe in the real life, you won't be able to do it. And you won't be able to do it because the law uh, will stop you doing these kind of things. Uh, so what I would highlight is that we are now in a in a very exciting moment with the artificial intelligence act is coming uh, there are many uh, i'm very positive on the act i have to say uh, but uh, the the idea of okay anything that is beyond the act or anything that is let's say uh, requires some flexibility we will have a sandbox for that and it's very nice to work on sandbox but uh, real money real business real impact is made on real uh, real data spaces so uh, we have to be careful with uh, experimentation in a sandbox with something that it in principle is very nice but then later on in a real economy doesn't doesn't work so that's the the only risk i see today uh, that is in principle has a very good site uh, using a sandbox for this kind of experimentation and so on but we have to be very careful about uh, the, the things that we will be able to do in a sandbox and won't really be uh, even legal in a in a real uh, context okay and oscar from your point of view what are the biggest challenges that makes it difficult today to break the silo well i i think uh, 
uh, we have to realize that uh, to to implement uh, effectively all these uh, data sharing and uh, to uh, to develop these uh, all these uh, AI based uh, applications and some developments uh, need to be uh, need to occur uh, concurrently or at least uh, somehow uh, in a harmonized way. Uh, we need to see investments in uh, large-scale infrastructures that can create this uh, federative trust and this management of identity that uh, Joseba was referring uh, before. We need to make sure that the specific services that create uh, trust at the software level and allows this interoperability for data exchange uh, are uh, based on uh, software that we all can trust and that can operate across uh, the computing continuum. And... Uh, but more importantly, we need to have access to data of uh, sufficient quality. Uh, if we build uh, the other part, but we forget that data sharing and that this value sharing is about uh, managing and dealing with an asset of uh, value to the ecosystem, then uh, we have to realize that all parties have to invest and they have to work to make uh, all this new ecosystem uh, really uh, flourish. And uh, when we talk about uh, sharing data across ecosystem, the uh, the issue has an additional challenge that is the data that is actually prepared for this value in one sector has to also uh, retain the value for uh, for the sector uh, where the data is reduced so uh, working on the semantics and making this uh, reuse of the data of data of quality is uh, probably the uh, the fourth biggest challenge so without a clear business case a strong investment in infrastructures reliable software uh, to make the exchange possible and this uh, semantic uh, support for a reuse of uh, data that is uh, fair in terms of uh, data being findable, accessible, interoperable and uh, reusable. Uh, we are uh, basically not yet reaching the scale that we are all uh, trying to, uh, to, to, to achieve. Thank you for that view, Oscar. And David, maybe from the point of view of a cloud provider, what are the biggest challenges you see from where you sit? Well, the, when we talk to our customers, uh, they, they, they first uh, need to understand the benefit of sharing uh, data. And on the, other day, on the other side, they are more concerned about uh, safety and security and privacy. Uh, who is going to know what about their data right so creating the this trust framework where every player can feel sure to invest and go for data sharing policies is, is i think the key challenge for instance um we are as a cloud service provider if we are going to share information from our data centers the monitoring systems for instance we need to make sure that uh, the others uh, and we of course can use the this data but without knowing whose data they are uh, if we are going, for instance, to access to statistics about um, the particular um, performance uh, ratio or costs and all these things, temperatures, well, lots of things, um, we need to make sure that uh, everybody access to these statistics without knowing without knowing exactly who is uh, the data. Uh, and and uh, we have an example with uh, hotels, for instance, in our GaiaX group here in the Spanish hub the tourism uh, uh, hotels, for instance, want to know the average room price for a particular place and date. Um, and 
in order to share this information, we have to show them that we are collecting data, real data from all the different hotels, but uh, and we have to calculate the average price in a way that uh, not nobody's going to know who's price it uh, for all rooms, right? So no traceability is possible and, and so on. So that we have the real figures, but we have to use not only encryption, but also other technologies like uh, randomly adding and, and subtracting numbers and all of these things that in the end, uh, when you explain this to the hotels and all the users, they can feel safe and sure that, okay, I'm going to access the information that I can use, but nobody is going to use my data against uh, this, this sharing, right? And this is, this is really the, the key topic, I think, to, to enable this, this uh, data setting, data economy, and breaking the, the silos and the yeah, distrust that we may have. Thank you for that. So while there are still some challenges ahead, I think a lot of progress has been made so far. And at GAIA-X, interoperability continues to be one of our main focus. We prioritize making sure that the specifications are generally applicable and that the software we create is vendor neutral and can be used upon multiple stacks. That being said, I would like to give all three of you a big thanks for your insights and to our listeners for joining us today. Thank you.